Hi, everyone. It's Kaki Purdue, the host of Look Both Ways Financial. Thanks for joining today. We are on a mission to help you feel safe, strong, and secure managing your own money. Today's question comes from John. He says, I am a 72-year-old retiree. I have always been told that as you age, you should become more conservative in your asset allocation. One rule of thumb is when you are 50, you should be allocated at least 50% equity and 50% fixed income. I think this is too conservative given our life expectancy increases. Interest rates and returns on fixed income investments have been low for the past 10 years. Equity returns have averaged 7.5% for the past 30 years. I know equities can have really bad years. Think like 2008, 2001. But it seems to me that the old rule of thumb is far too conservative. What are your thoughts? This is from John, a faithful listener. John, thank you for asking such a great question. I think it's important for us to talk about where that rule of thumb comes from. Jack Bogle was the founder of Vanguard, and he advocated really strongly for simple portfolios, especially using low-cost index funds. In his book, The Common Sense on Mutual Funds, Jack talked about investing in bonds and stocks, and his philosophy included holding a percentage of bonds equal to your age. A 40-year-old might hold 60% stocks and 40% bonds. Then at 50, you might hold 50% stocks and 50% bonds, as you have, John, as you mentioned in your question. So that's kind of, let's, that's setting the stage. Now, the reason for increasing bonds as someone ages is to introduce less volatility and less risk into the portfolio, especially as you get closer to needing the money. I think the rule of thumb is helpful when we think about the direction we are going. So I do think it makes sense as you get older, you are also getting closer to needing that hard-earned money in your retirement account or in your investment account. And as you get closer to actually spending the money, it makes sense to increase the bond allocation because it's never fun to have to sell stocks because you need the money and the market is down 25%. That can do a lot of damage to your portfolio. But if we're going to make personal finance truly personal, then the rule of thumb should just be a directional beacon. We need to actually take a closer look at your individual situation. So I view this question as an optimization category. How do I optimize my retirement? And the answer is unique to you, just as you are a unique individual. I'm going to assume that you already have a feasible retirement plan, meaning that the income that you're deriving from all of your sources, including Social Security, pensions, investments, retirement accounts, Given your monthly income need, your investment account is sufficient or retirement account is sufficient and it's feasible to build your needed income from your financial resources. So let's take, I always love to give an example here. John, you said you're 72. That means you're already taking social security. Uh, You may have a pension, but you're not required to take required minimum distributions from an IRA 
until you turn 73 next year. So that's the stage. Let's assume in this example that most of your monthly spending need is covered by Social Security and or any pensions that you have. So you only need to pull out $1,500 a month to supplement your income from Social Security and or pensions. Perhaps you have a portfolio. We're going to just make up a number here of $700,000. So pulling $1,500 a month out of a portfolio of $700,000, that can easily be done without having big problems. And you have a lot of risk capacity in this case. Risk capacity means that if the market takes a huge drop, let's say the market falls 40%, you have the ability to absorb that loss pretty dang easily. You can absorb that loss and you can still continue to pay yourself that $1,500 monthly income on an ongoing basis. So that risk capacity is really important. Let's say that you also, and and John, you've told me you already have the risk tolerance to take on the additional risk because you understand and you're okay with market fluctuations. So if you have both the risk tolerance and the risk capacity to take on the additional risk, then it leads into being able to tilt your portfolio higher towards stocks and lower towards bonds gets to your point of saying, I think 50-50 is too conservative for me. So that leads to the question, what should the allocation be for you, John, in this example? That's going to be up to you to decide, and there's no magic potion here. You could decide that you want to have 70% stocks and 30% bonds, and that may be perfectly fine given your portfolio. You may say, well, I think my wife is really conservative and I have a higher risk tolerance, so we're going to settle at 60% stocks and 40% bonds. But that determination is up to you. Now let's do another example, John. What if you need $5,000 per month in additional income, in addition to your social security and pensions. That's a much higher monthly need. If the stock market takes a 40% dip, your portfolio is going to be really stressed out. And it's going to be challenging to continue to provide that $5,000 a month extra that you need. Even if you love risk and you have a high risk tolerance, Your portfolio in this scenario, the portfolio just can't provide you the risk capacity that you need to change up your allocation and take on more risk by allocating a higher percentage of your investments to stocks. So let's wrap this up with a neat little bow. There's no magic bullet to deciding what the optimal portfolio allocation is for you. We're going to use the facts and circumstances of your situation. We're going to consider risk tolerance as well as risk capacity, the ability of your portfolio to provide the income that you need. John, thank you so much for writing in. You are definitely not the only person with this question, and I hope that everyone listening has learned something today. If you find this hot podcast helpful, please send it to a friend. Let's share the love. 
Our music is composed by Noah Jacobs. And please stay tuned for the all-important disclosure. Thanks for joining. Thank you for joining Look Both Ways Financial for this podcast. All content contained in this podcast is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any one individual. All performance references are historical and does not guarantee any future results. All indices are unmanaged and cannot be invested in directly. Make sure you consult with your legal, tax, or financial advisor before making any decisions. Neither Khaki Purdue or Look Both Ways Financial accept any responsibility for any loss which may arise from the use of information in this podcast. Although Khaki Purdue is a CPA, Look Both Ways Financial is not a CPA firm.